Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Welcome. Thank you. I'm I'm in my closet because I thought that would be the best uh, <laughs> the best spot <laughs> for the in, sound. So. <laughs> in your closet, um, you just moved into a twelve foot camper. Is that the closet? Yeah. Room? So we were we were on the road for six months, and uh, we actually just moved uh, to Flagstaff in Arizona. So we moved into our house about a month ago now. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Twelve feet is a small RV. That is very small. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we picked up. We bought like a little vintage camper, and we rebuilt it. And uh, yeah, we traveled around for six months. So that was lots of fun. <laughs> Did you keep it to continue on travels for vacations? Yeah, definitely. Yep, we still have it. <laughs> it needs a good clean, but uh, <laughs> it's ready for the next adventure. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Yoga Off the Mat is a podcast about life and all of its blunders, bloopers, and blissfulness. Yoga is not a sequence of pretzel shapes that we practice on the mat. It's an intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Teresa Macy, certified yoga therapist, yogini, licensed massage therapist, and quite possibly certifiably nuts about this crazy, beautiful world we live in together. Join me on this journey of life through conversations and connections. Welcome to the real life world of yoga at Yoga Off The Map. Wherever we're going, I could not say for sure. I would like to welcome and Laura Passell to our podcast, Yoga Off the Mat. Thank you so much for taking time to be here with us today. Um, we are excited to hear all about, uh, I know you have a lot of upcoming offerings and your background, what really like blew my mind was um, engineer to yoga therapist. Yes. So, <laughs> well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and having this conversation. Can you tell me how you um, went from yoga, from engineer to yoga therapist? That's such an interesting transition and journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I started practicing yoga while I was still working as my as in my job as an engineer. And really at that time, I was looking for stress relief. I was looking for uh, physical activity, something that it was a bit different from what I had done in the past. Um, I used to swim a lot when I was younger. And um, I was just looking for something else. And um, I can't remember exactly why I walked into my first yoga class, but I did. And it was one of these really challenging, hot power <laughs> yoga <laughs> And honestly, I don't know why I went back because I really didn't like it. <laughs> it was, it was hot. It was hard. It was just, yeah, not, not a great um, start, I guess, but I just kept going because I think it just made me, made me feel better um, both for my physical health and mental health. Um, and then a few months after that, um, I decided to go to an ashram for a week. 
Um, I just needed to get away from um, the city I was in, from you know, just daily life. Um, and so I just went. So I lived in Australia at that time. So it was in the middle of nowhere. And uh, <laughs> after that week, I just realized that there was more to this um, physical practice, to the practice of yoga. And so a few months after that, I decided to sign up for my first yoga teacher training because I wanted to know more um I didn't know that I wanted to teach at that point but I signed up and um yeah I think that was the best decision I made <laughs> um and I was still so I was still working as an engineer throughout this whole time and um I think after I finished my yoga teacher training I think that's what really um like got me started on this yoga teacher journey like and so I quit my job as an engineer and I started to teach yoga and um, at the same time like I still have one foot in, in engineering um, I started a business uh, as an engineer um, as a in a uh, sorry I started a business um, doing like engineering consultancy um, so yeah so today I'm still doing both um, engineer a little bit of engineering and mostly yoga <laughs> sounds like a nice um left right brain balance mm -hmm, definitely I think I have a really strong analytical brain so it satisfies that side <laughs> I have uh basically the same thing I have a very science logical brain uh when I grew up um I grew up in um, a house with I had eight, seven brothers and sisters, so a big house. And my my father specifically, but my parents really valued, you know, math and science and um, the hard subjects. And I wanted to take art and music. And he was like, "Yeah, you'll get to that someday." And it took me a long time to get back to that place of developing that right intuitive brain. Sometimes mm -hmm. I think they still have a little bit of an argument in my head. <laughs> which translates sometimes into my body. And after reading and looking at your website, you focus a lot on what happens in the mind and the thoughts and how we sometimes experience it in our bodies. Can mm -hmm. you speak to that a little bit more? Give us a little clarity about that. Yeah. So I think for me, yoga was that link between um, the body and the mind and um I think you're right that like I still spend a lot of time in my mind and yoga really helps me drop into my body. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so helpful with mental health because it, it gets us out of our logical thinking mind and more into our body, uh, which I think carries a lot of that wisdom and that intuition. And so I know for myself that that's really what's what's helped me be um, less in my thinking mind and more in my intuition. And I definitely see that when I work with people as well. Like it's, you know, the, you, you can almost see like the shift when it happens and when, when people start to listen to their bodies and um, learn from their bodies. In my experience as a yoga therapist, a lot of people that I speak with and that are my clients will talk about how hard it is to get their mind to be quiet. I think it, it almost comes across as the very first 
talking point with a lot of people is I can't be quiet. I can't sit in stillness. Um, do you, what do you, do you experience the same thing with your clients? And because you said you can almost see when they're like, wow, I can do this. This is, this will work for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people when they start um, connecting with yoga and they always have this thing of like, oh, you know, I'm too uh, busy or I'm too anxious or I'm I'm thinking too much. I can't sit still. Like I definitely hear that from a lot of people and especially when it comes to meditation. Um, people say I can't meditate because I, I can't stop my mind from thinking. <laughs> and um what I like to share with them at that point is that I don't see meditation. And I think it's the case for a lot of yoga teachers and yoga therapists. I don't see meditation as like stopping the mind completely because it's just what our mind does. It's here to keep us um, safe by, you know, popping thoughts into our mind. And so I like to introduce it more as a, an observation of what is um, going on in, in our mind. So it will be more a case of like approaching it with curiosity rather than judgment. And so taking a step back and um, noticing, okay, like what is happening in my mind today? Oh, I see this thought coming up. I've had this thought before. <laughs> I'm familiar with it. And talking about how we can um, create a little bit of space between when those thoughts come up and what we decide to do about them. And so what I notice is that... Well, is that it's the brain's job to think its job. Yeah, we yeah, want, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we want to know what it's thinking, but it's even when thoughts seem like you, you come up with an idea, I want to do this. And then the brain starts offering ideas And I know that before I meditated and meditation was non-negotiable for me, I would think that I was talking myself out of a choice I was trying to make. And as I began to observe my thoughts and, and look at them without making a judgment as to why the thought was there, but really just look at it, I began to realize it was just helping me prepare better by saying, did you think of this? Not what your decision was is wrong, but these are maybe some of the factors that are going to get you along that pathway and sequentially move you to the next step. Ah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, so I saw a couple of quotes on your website that I really super loved. And one was embracing life as it comes. To yes, <laughs> very much of being in the moment that, you know, I think last year was it was challenging for me. And I expect for most people listening, um, no matter what was going on in your life, 2020 was a bit challenging. So and from different directions, through different lenses, through different views, and even as a seasoned yoga practitioner and a yoga therapist, I can find and look back and pick out many times where I wasn't embracing life as it came, where I was worried about what was going on on one side of the, either on the past or in the future, and really having trouble staying in that embracing life right now as it comes and doing what I need to do in this moment. Do you have any practices or strategies that you use that help 
to make that transition. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I would say that it's still a journey and I think it is a lifelong journey <laughs> to um, embrace life as it comes. Um, well, let's see. Um, I grew up in France and I've moved many times in my life. I moved to Australia when I was 21. I moved to the US a few years ago. And um, I remember like the f my first big move to Australia was um, just a really challenging time because there was so much that was uncertain, even though I really wanted to move and uh, that was fully my choice to do that. Um, but then once I got there, I was like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> and there was so much like, <laughs> there was so much uncertainty about the future. And um, that was definitely a time in my life where I did not embrace life as it came. <laughs> um, and the second time I moved to the US, um, it wasn't easy either, but um, I like the, the tools that I had around yoga um, and so I was a yoga teacher and yoga almost yoga therapist at that point and um, I guess the yoga philosophy is probably what like helped me the most in terms of um, continuing to remind myself to embrace life as it comes um, and of course there's you know many days where I don't <laughs> um, <laughs> But I don't know. I think I've just um, I've just learned over the years to take a step back from like what is going on in my life and um, remind myself not to get wrapped up in all of the you know logistical aspects of life. Um, and a daily yoga practice is one thing that really helps, <laughs> and just coming back to you know, and even if it's like five minutes or 10 minutes, I always tell my students that like it's I, I'd rather have them do like five minutes every day than like an hour once a month. Um, and so that just really helps me put things into perspective. And um, 2020 was definitely a challenging time uh, for me. Like I was actually traveling for most of 2020 within the U.S. And so I guess that was another thing that helped me to continue to put that into practice into my life because um we were on the road um we were you know in a different place every day we just didn't really know what we were going to do the next day and so that's just a, a different way to look at just embracing things that, as they come um just take it you know one day at a time and and see what each day brings um so yeah <laughs> i you know i have it's, it's like that the practice of non-attachment right if you're not stuck on what happened yesterday it makes it a little bit easier mm. i've i've always been kind of a homebody i don't mm. i never minded being at home i actually liked my sanctuary i create like gardens in my backyard that always made whatever house i lived in um whatever my home was at the current time, be very park-like with lots of trees and food growing. And when we made the choice to start traveling and even before we had the RV, I always liked to travel, but I found myself nervous and a little resistant 
during that packing phase and the getting set to go phase, you know, I knew I wanted to do it, but the letting go of where I was and stepping into something that was a bit unknown was Mm -hmm. challenging for me. I think it's the thing that I love best about (laughs) traveling in an RV. I gave up a lot of the weight of things that I had collected over the years that kept me tethered to that place. But now I can travel and take my house with me, my home with me, so that it makes that a little bit more simple because there's Mm -hmm. still that attachment. But yet every time I get ready to leave one location to go to the next, um, I can still feel it in my body that says, but you really like this place. Why are we going someplace else? I have to remind myself I'm probably going to like that place a lot also. And if I don't, I don't have to stay. Yes. (laughs) I could keep moving to some other place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like this perspective. Yeah, it opens the doors to Mm -hmm. um, really seeing a lot. Um, Just an interesting little, I was just out on a walk with my husband before we sat down and we, we are in the same campground we were in last week, but we moved around to the other side. And there's a bird sanctuary here. So when we were on the other side, we would walk out onto the ocean, onto the beach, walk down the beach for about a mile. And there's a bird sanctuary that had this little pond that's off the beach with lots of birds that would come in. And we would go every day and just watch the wildlife come in and go out and, you know, sit down and meditate for a little bit. Now we moved over to the other side and I found this path and we started walking through the woods. So now we're in the woods but still at the beach. We walked all the way down that path and where it led was to the other side of the bird sanctuary. And we had a little discussion about looking at life from different lenses. We're looking at exactly the same place, but through a different lens, from a different angle, through a different perspective and saw it in a whole different, beautiful way. That's beautiful. I think that's what I feel, you know, in my yoga practice is when you sit and you're quiet and you develop that practice of recognizing that those thoughts that you referred to earlier are a little repetitive and, oh, I've seen this thought before, but like everything else we've done and learned, when you see it the second time or the third time or the fourth time, it has a different depth and a different meaning to it. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And I was just thinking about, you know, even if you go through similar experiences in life, um, you, you know, you're continuously gathering different tools and different, um, I guess, beliefs and shifts in perspectives. And so um, you're definitely coming into each day and even each moment as a different person who could see things differently. So, uh, uh, yeah, I like that. from two left-brained people who are working really hard at balancing out the right brain. (laughs) You also talk about in your teaching and your writings about letting go of control, which, you know, in a left brain, everything is linear. There's a pattern that we can follow. Let's look at the science that letting go um, is, whew, Sometimes a challenging practice. I like that we're able to call it a practice. So when we can't do, when we don't meet the mark that, or the benchmark that we've set for ourselves, 
it's okay because we're just practicing. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> that's another definitely something that I'm practicing all the time in my own life. Um, and like you said, coming from that very scientific, you know, logical, analytical background, like I used to, um, um, I mean, I'm very organized by nature as well. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm constantly planning and organizing and, you know, thinking how things are going to go in the future. Um, and often, a lot of the time, things don't really go as planned. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it, I feel like it goes with um, embracing life as it comes, is letting go of like what things um, should be like and um, instead noticing what things are actually like. And um, yeah, for me, like, so the, you know, continuing to come back to yoga and to the yoga philosophy that touch on that in terms of, um, um, you know, putting in what you can and then letting go of the outcome. And that comes back to what you were talking about, non-attachment as well. It's, it, it just makes life so much easier. <laughs> Um, and the other thing is about, for me anyways, is about like letting go of like, how are things going to work? And this has been a big like thing for myself in my business and in my life, because so for the last six months, we, we traveled. And one of the things that we had had said for ourselves is to find a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> We were moving from Oregon. We were living on the coast and we knew that we didn't want to come back there, but we didn't. We had no idea where we wanted to go. And so for the first like three months, we were just every place we would come to, we would look at it as, as a potential, you know, new home for us. So we would just analyze everything about it. <laughs> and then at some point we're like, well, this is not working. Let's just enjoy our time traveling and, um, of course, you know, a couple of weeks later, we, we came to Flagstaff in Arizona where we live now and we just, we, we just let go of actually analyzing it and we realized, oh, we actually love this place. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> um, but, you know, this whole pro process of like looking for a place to live, um, it's like, I don't know how things are going to work out, but I'm just, you know, stepping forward and uh, hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have uh, a story about that. My, I remember when I was very young in yoga and I was working towards all of these philosophies. And, you know, when you start studying them, there's a lot to study. I mean, it's a lifelong pursuit to be able to study. And I love short-term projects. Long-term projects um, are a bit more challenging for me. Uh, maybe I get bored or uh, I become overwhelmed with long-term projects. I'm not, I'm not really sure why it happens. So I was talking to one of my early yoga teachers about, you know, this path, this journey of getting from place to place. And I was like, I'm trying to get to this, this the end of this journey. I'm trying to get to this place. So, but I never seem to actually get there. And it takes a lot longer than I was expecting. And she said, well, I think it might be because you expect to get from place to place in a straight line. 
and life is just a bunch of switchbacks going back and forth and back and forth. And by the time you get to any place you think that you're going, you're probably not in the place you were trying to get to anyway, because through all those switchbacks, your perspective changes, you learn different things. So it was probably my very first lesson in that one sentence, you expect it to be a straight line and it's not, that I started to realize that there was no real specific end point because regardless of what it was, it was false. It was, it was just a narrative that I fed to myself that said, this is where I'm going. Um, being a full-time RVer has helped me to really realize that I don't know where I'm going, <laughs> but we go a lot of different places. <laughs> and each one mm -hmm. of them teaches something, something brand new. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. just, yeah, yeah, I really like that. And um, so I'm, I'm fairly new as a, I guess, business owner as a, <laughs> um, and so um, that's been a big learning for me too, to learn to embrace the journey. <laughs> and I think I used to be in that same place of like, you know, I'm like, oh, I want to get there already. I want to be, you know, doing all these things and, and why is this taking so long? <laughs> and uh, yeah, the last probably couple of months, like I've really learned to just embrace like where I'm at right now and enjoy all the things that I'm learning uh, about myself and all the skills that I'm learning to, to run a business. Um, and that's just really like, completely like changed things for me and um changed the way I look at my business and the way I I guess show up in it probably too <laughs> um but yeah there's just no end point and we're just continuously learning things along the way and um yeah let's enjoy ourselves in the process <laughs> I've, I've been in business oh let's see since uh my own business since 2004. In 2004, I graduated from massage school and I graduated and had a partner and from no real effort on my part, a business was basically given to me. I was given control of a, of a spa um, in a fitness center. And without any investment or anything, somebody just handed over their business, which, I mean, how can you say no to that? The great <laughs> and really ironic thing, like I drove a hundred miles each way to go to that location. And the reason I said yes to it, well, a couple, one, they gave it to me. And two, it was on the exact same footprint that I had started my first working career when I worked for other people 23 years earlier. So when I went to find this place, I was like, I know this this area. I grew up in there. I worked there. And when I walked into the building that had once been a dental center, it was now a fitness center. And both of them started in the exact same place. So I knew I had to be there for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I ran those business that business with my partner for about two years when I realized it was a great business but I didn't want a whole lot of employees. I, it wasn't what I wanted. And so 
there I go with that not straight line anymore thinking, oh my gosh, I did all this and now I failed at this business. But really it taught me what it was that I didn't want, maybe not what I did want. And so, but it did, it began the journey of massage therapist. Then I realized that it was outside of my scope of practice to help people with movement and all of the tools that yoga brings. So I became a yoga teacher um, at a place called the Prancing Peacock. And they used to call me the, the affectionately, the owner of the studio called me the crazy science lady because I loved physical anatomy. I loved knowing about the body. So um, it was great because that led me into teaching in her yoga teacher training program. And I met a lot of people very much like you who said, I'm in the teacher training program. I don't know if I ever want to teach, but it's a great way to deepen my practice. Uh, so they began that journey and I kept moving forward. Then I took my yoga therapy training, um, became a massage CE teacher, a yoga CE teacher. So the journey has gone all over. And for a good long time, I was doing the exact same thing. Well, when am I going to get to the that end? When am I going to be in that business, in that place that I want to be? And I got close to it. I mean, I had the life set exactly how I wanted. And then 2020 came and I was, you know, massage therapists were no longer um, working. Uh, classes came out of the studio and there was this big pivot to how do we still continue to serve people, but move it into a virtual format? And how do we make that something that is accessible for our clients and my clients, but also fun and interesting to have this camera between uh, me and my class. So really had to come outside of my comfort zone to be able to feel their energy through a Zoom meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for me too, I was, you know, I, I was teaching a lot of studio classes um, in March last year, um, and suddenly I wasn't. <laughs> but um, honestly, like teaching the Zoom yoga classes, um, a lot of people who've continued to join me for the last uh, few months, um, you know, they said, oh, like, it's really what got me through 2020. And my response was, I think that's what got me through it too. <laughs> just still having those connections because you know as much as I like being home it's um yeah it's definitely uh something that was missing like I just I love teaching and I um I love seeing my students you know um making progress in their practice and like you know realizing things about themselves and uh yeah, and it was just good to have to continue to be able to have that connection one way or the other. You also have a statement on your website, which I didn't know when we first um, discussed, you know, having the podcast together, which um, on your page, you say, no mat required. And obviously, the name of this podcast is Yoga Off the Mat. <laughs> so no mat required, what does that mean to you, I know what it means for me, but why don't people need that mat? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and, you know, as I said, my, my yoga practice started, you know, in the very, like, 
physical aspect of yoga. And over the years, I've definitely been interested in the the other aspects of yoga. And I feel like they're just not, you know, taught very much, especially in studio classes. Um, and so I just feel really passionate about, you know, letting people know that yoga doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to, you know, be on a yoga mat in like a fitness kind of uh, outfit. And uh, you can really do yoga anywhere and anytime, whenever you need it. Um, and so, and I feel like a lot of my students tend to be beginners, maybe for that reason, <laughs> um, because I, I just like to bring things back to like the foundation and the basics. And um, I teach um, a yoga class at a community college. And I love that class because I have 12 weeks almost to like share about yoga. And I just love talking about all the things that are not just, you know, poses. Um, and um, yeah, it's really important to me to like get people back to their breath, um, get people back to like just different uh, ways of looking at life, um, which is, you know, all the yoga philosophy aspects and um, um yeah, a lot of the things that I share, I just want people to be able to do it, you know, if they have just five minutes between um, in their lunch break or <laughs> when they get home. So, yeah. That was another epiphany for me is getting back to your breath. I talked to people, myself included, when people said, well, you know, we're going to have this breath practice and, you know, that idea, well, I've been breathing for my whole life. Like, do you really have to teach me <laughs> how to do that? <laughs> And then I realized, yes, I did need um, some teaching because there's just so much connected to the breath. It's about, it's the, so I'm going to go back into my science brain. The only part of the autonomic nervous system we can take control over and it affects all of the other parts of the autonomic nervous system and our vagal responses and our um, hormone production and whether we want to be energized or relaxed, there's a lot of opportunity for helping to make transitions from being stressed to at ease or making a transition to prep to go out on a run versus coming back from your run. So the real understanding of what these breath practices are and how we can use them to gain the change in our physical body as well as our emotional body. I often tell my, my clients and students that each emotion has a breath pattern. And in the same way that we watch the brain speak, we can watch the breath speak. And you put the two together and you really get a really great handle on how do I really feel right now. But the powerful part is, when we really understand the breath pattern of a specific emotion and what that looks like, we can use the breath to get to that place. And mm -hmm. so it became, now I've got many different breath teachers who come to breath practices from different places, uh, mm -hmm. from either a meditative, how do you use the breath in meditation to how do you have resilience and stamina in a um, stressful times and or a 
difficult movement practice. How does that breath facilitate the movement? And I know that you use a lot of breath practices. Do you have one that you would be willing to share with all of the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and just before I, I do, um, I just love how the, for me, the breath is like one of the quickest way to tap into our nervous system and affect our nervous system. And I'm always amazed, even though I know that for myself, you know, when I teach a simple breath practice and there's, there's so many of my students uh, share like, wow, like I didn't realize how stressed I was or, I, you know, I didn't know I could feel so much calmer just by taking five deep breaths so it yeah it's just such a powerful tool so um i'm going to share with you um square breath so square breath is a really good practice to balance um both sides of your nervous system and so when you take a breath in um, it's typically more energizing and when you take a breath out it's usually more calming and um, you might notice for yourself like you know where you are on that spectrum if you spend more time in your inhale or in your exhale um, as we do the practice because it might feel more challenging when you have a balance between the two so i invite you to notice that as you do this practice um, so let's um, start by finding a comfortable seat. So wherever you are right now, whether it's in a chair or maybe sitting cross-legged on the floor, whatever feels best for your body right now. And if it feels comfortable, I invite you to close your eyes. And if not, you can keep your gaze fixed on a point in front of you. And start by letting your breath find its natural rhythm, whatever it is for you right now, without forcing the breath in any way, simply letting, letting it settle. And then from here, I invite you to start counting your breath. What we'll do is we'll take a breath in for a count of three. We'll pause at the top of the inhale for a count of three. And we'll exhale for a count of three. Pause at the bottom of your exhale for a count of three as well before starting again with your inhale. So I'll guide you through a few cycles of this. So inhaling for three. Pause for three. Exhale for three. Pause for three. Inhale again for three. Pause here for three. Exhale for three. Pause for three. And from here, allow your breath to come back to its natural rhythm again. Check in with how you feel right now, if anything has changed, if anything has shifted. And when you're ready, opening your eyes again. 
Thank you. I, whew, I feel fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure everybody <laughs> listening does as well. And I'm reminded with that practice that you shared, how quickly we can make that transition. Um, you know, coming back to your earlier statement, sometimes it's, uh, well, not sometimes, it's more beneficial and effective to get five minutes a day than one hour a month to just mm -hmm. really start to develop this practice of getting to know ourselves. And the breath mm -hmm. is such an amazing tool to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that falls into um, that idea that you shared with us um, through your website and in our discussion today that yoga is an all embracing path to healing. Um, I like, you know, I have two granddaughters. Um, if you're listening to this podcast or for you and Laura, um, I think it's the second or third podcast is with my granddaughters and at the time of the recording, I think they were, uh, well, they're now 13 and 11 and their birthday just passed. So young ladies, and they asked if I would write a yoga book. So we've been in a deep dive uh, with my granddaughters and myself on the chakras. They decided I gave them options. I was like, for yoga, we have the eight limbs, we have the koshas, we have chakras, we have a lot of different ways that we can begin to explore practices of mindfulness and you can call it yoga or mindfulness or whatever feels right for you. So they chose uh, to use the chakras as their pathway in uh, their first step. And I had a discussion with them when we were deciding whether we were going to put this book together or what we were going to do. And I said, you know, if I had been taught and learned some of these techniques before I even went to high school, what a different experience I would have had to have this understanding that it's okay. And I was reminded of it reading your website when you said you embrace the highs and lows and create this space of allowing ourselves to be, to create and grant that space for emotions, even if we don't put them into the category of our good emotions. They're not happy and joyful and glee, they're sad and depressed or whatever those balancing emotions are. And mm -hmm. they agreed, they, they were like, you know, in the first lesson, when we sat and looked at the root chakra, they were like, this is, this is gonna change my life, Nana. <laughs> And it was just about learning that it's okay to be balanced and to notice when you're out of balance and what mm -hmm. it is that you can do to help restore that. And mm -hmm. so they're in the process of creating the practices um, that will, they'll use. They create their own meditations and their own mindfulness practices, you know, with, with some guidance and some books and some, uh, some research, but they've, they took this opportunity to dive in. So embracing the amazing. highs and lows, like, you know, and mental wellness is rooted in this feeling of being at peace with this idea that we have all of these and, you know, we don't necessarily have to label our emotions. That's a good one. And that's a bad one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's definitely something I, I talk about um, often. And in particular, when it comes to emotions, I, you know, I used to think that you have to be positive and happy all the time. <laughs> that's kind of like the, the end point of the journey. <laughs> um, and of course, it's not the case. And um, but I feel like it's 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 hard in today's world to, I guess, hold space for ourselves when we're not feeling happy and good and joyful and to, and, and I guess that goes hand in hand with holding space for others when they are not in a space where they feel happy and amazing and all the things. And so um, I, I like to, instead of looking at emotions as good and bad, I really believe that they all, all have like a place uh, in us and they're all part of this human, you know, journey and experience that we, we are on. And um, I think they, they're here to, you know, give us clues and give us information about what is going on in our life and, and whether it's in alignment um, with us or not and so yes yeah, so instead of good and bad uh, I like to say that there's the one that are really challenging to feel and then are the ones that are really easy to feel <laughs> and that's different for everyone because for some people like it's actually really hard to feel joy and for some people they might feel more comfortable in the you know in the sadness for example and all nostalgia or like you know all the different emotions and um that's really interesting to me <laughs> how different people find different emotions easier or harder to feel. And so I like to reframe it in this way. Um, and because to me, that also is a way to like accept ourselves and accept wherever we are. And I, I feel like this is, you know, the, the, the root of, of our mental wellness is, is accepting where we are at a, any given point, not in a way that says, you know, I, I give up and that's where I'm going to be forever, but more like, okay, recognizing this is how I feel right now. Um, is this how I want to feel and why not? And what can I do to bring myself back into balance? Um, so, yeah. 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 And so uh, this is an interesting question. I know that you have a very evidence-based practice. So we go back to that um, science part of what we're doing. So it's evidence-based. You're an engineer. So you have this linear thought and these patterns of, and I don't even know what kind of an engineer you are. So I'm just kind of imagining because I am not an engineer, but there's a pathway of getting from place A to B and engineers usually can figure out that pattern and that pathway and create based on that skill of being able to do that. But you also mm -hmm. mentioned that you bring neuroscience into your yoga therapy and evidence-based. And so is your, do you find that your education skill and training as an engineer helps you with the patterns that uh, we're working through in all of the levels of our own person or in our wholeness going through the body mind spirit connections mm -hmm. yeah I do actually and when I started yoga therapy I 
I thought this is a great way to combine, you know, my left and right, because I feel like with yoga therapy, there's still a, quite a methodical approach to it. Uh, so I think that satisfies my, uh, <laughs> my analytical brain. Um, and at the same time, like there, there is also um, working with whoever is in front of us and um, going with the flow of that. Um, and there is the aspect of, you know, letting my intuition kind of guide um, how I'm going to work with someone because, you know, different practices feel different for everyone. And just because one thing, even though the intention might be to feel more relaxed, it might actually make someone feel more stressed for whatever reason <laughs> in their experience. And so... Yeah, I think I definitely like include that um, analytical part of me and that, um, I guess, um, way of like looking forward and finding solutions. Because um, I mean, even though engineering is very, and I was an electrical engineer, um, even though engineering is very logical and methodical there is still i think a big creative aspect to it because we are solving problems at the end of the day and so there has to you know be a lot of like creation and and finding new solutions that maybe haven't been done before so um yeah i definitely still bring like whatever i learned in my uh previous uh career i guess previous life <laughs> into my yoga therapy practice yeah yeah, my previous career before massage and yoga was dentistry. I needed a job. It wasn't a career that I chose. It was a job I needed that turned into a 23-year career. Um, but working with the dentist that I worked with and watching the way that he communicated with his patients, how he offered in his treatment planning, offered options and took time to explain the pros and cons of three different options. This is what I see. This is some different ways that you can um, move to this next phase of healing. And over the years, it really just became a second nature for me to incorporate that type of thinking that really served me well when I became a massage therapist and was looking for what patterns I could notice to help people from, you know, pain to ease, how different parts of the physicality of posture, um, slouching or standing up straight, contributed to how they felt not only in their accessibility to be able to breathe, but in how it affected um, their mental status, whether, you know, you had a rounded shoulders and a hunched um, physiolo physical body from whatever you were doing, how did that happen? What came first, the, the anxiety and the depression or the posture? And so all of these things that I thought, again, going back to that zigzag of, okay, so I'm done with that career. And then you see how they were just a foundation that were leading us through whatever our journey of life is that just because I chose to leave dentistry and you chose to, to step back and scale back from engineering, the skills that we've learned over 
these different things that we've done are easily transferable um, from one place to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And just what you were saying about, you know, like that link between body and and um, mind, um, that's like so fascinating to me and definitely something I teach all the time, like for people to notice how, you know, how are those things going up, going on in your mental state affecting your body or vice versa and for them to observe and um take that into account as well that because I feel like um we've kind of and it's it's changing but we've kind of arrived at a point in our society where you know when we want to treat physical things we just focus on the body and the physical part of ourselves and when we want to treat um and I say treat I don't really like that word (laughs) um you know like mental health and anxiety and depression we tend to focus on just like you know talk therapy or or mind-based um practices and I you know I, I feel like it is changing and I really believe that they're both connected and um I know you do too Mm -hmm. um and so we can start you know with the body to to work with anxiety and depression and we can start with the mind when we are you know working with that chronic pain for example so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think um it's definitely what I like um and what was so compelling and and the draw for me to just keep deepening my my studies for uh, yoga therapy from, you know, from a touched base therapy massage to yoga that expanded how I looked at what was going on in the body to yoga therapy. This transition, it reminds me of another teacher who said, you know, if we deny any part of ourselves, then we can never attain that idea of being whole, which really, I mean, it sounds like a simple statement, but it has influenced my practice and how I share that with others from the day I heard this one tiny little statement that all of us, every part of us, whether we like it or not, whether we see it in the mirror or not, um, is really, really integrated and important to our journey and, and being able to be whole and in, I, I, I won't even say that I am whole. I am whole because I won't deny those places, but we all still have a fair amount of work to do in our journey. And there's always so much more to learn. You know, my, one of the things that started when I was in massage school and has come into my yoga teaching is the fascial system. And I could go on for that for hours. So I'm not going to do that because it would take a really long time and we'd have to do a whole nother podcast. Um, But it is the part of our body that connects everything that has all of our communication uh, abilities in it. And it has a lot of lessons. So, you know, I'm sure I'll have another podcast about that in the end, but more importantly, to stay on point with this one, I was hoping that you could share, I know that you have an amazing program coming up and that you are trained in trauma-informed yoga therapy. 
and you have a program, I believe it's a six week program, and you have a little intro on your website that might be a five day um, start for anybody who would be considering it. Could you tell us more, a little bit more about that when it might start and how anybody listening would be able to find you, find your website and any of maybe the social links that they could find out more information about uh, your yoga therapy practice and how it might help and impact them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so I do have a six week uh, program coming up. So we are starting on the 22nd of February. Um, so this program is focused on um, helping women um, overcome uh, anxiety and depression through yoga. So it is, um, we, we go through it as, as a group. Um, so we all start together and finish together. Um, and it is going through all the, um, I guess, different um, aspects of um, yoga when it comes to mental health. So as I said already, like I'm really passionate about bringing all of the aspects of yoga into um, how I teach and um, into supporting people with their mental health. And so, you know, movement, breathing, uh, meditation, yoga philosophy, it, it, all's come, it all comes together in that program. Um, and so it, it is about... Um, reclaiming power over your mental health, um, feeling better um, and learning about yourself and learning about your patterns and also giving you the tools um, to support yourself. So um, yeah, so if you are interested, uh, you can find more information on my website. So it's yogawithnlore.com. Um, I'll hope you have a link for the spelling. I will. <laughs> Yes. And so uh, forward slash group program um, is, is the link um, to look at that. And uh, for an introduction um, to that program, I have a, a shorter version of that, which is a five day um, journey. So over five day, I share, um, again, different aspects of what we would be covering in that program as well. And it's a uh, small group, so it sounds like there, we, there's an opportunity for a lot of uh, community building between mm -hmm. the, uh, I think it said 12 participants, so really sounds like a great, I, that's what I really love that about yoga therapy is how we create small group groups and communities or sanghas of people who can not only learn through the program, but co-support each other and maybe develop some long lasting uh, mm -hmm. friendships and interactions as life moves forward. Yeah, definitely. So I think community is really important to our mental health. And so um, that's why I wanted to keep it um, as a smaller group. So it's 15 this time around. Um, so it's open to 15 uh, women uh, to join. And yeah, like I, last time I ran this program, like it was great to see, you know, people um, supporting each other and sharing the things that they struggled with and sharing the things that um, were going well and then that we're excited about. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's a really important part of this program as well, for sure. Well, I just downloaded your five 
day intro um, as I was going through your website and uh, it's beautiful. So for all those that are listening, whether you're interested in that specific program or not, there are just so many nuggets of information that you've included into both your your website and also your blog posts I found to be extremely interesting as well. So building this community, building Sangha, um, you know, advancing yoga therapy is a is a mission of mine as it is yours so i Mm -hmm. so appreciate your time and laura for stopping and talking to us and for all the work that you do Um, i know that we will stay connected and i can't wait to meet all the other people that um, are in your community and watching us grow Um, and in in addition to just a last sign off um, about working with yoga therapy. It often brings people to my practice and I'm sure yours because I look at uh, my practice is more um, uh, chronic pain and persistent pain is usually what, where people find me Um, yours um, in much the same way, but different are how um, people find you. But the practices of yoga and yoga therapy and what we learn are also so preventative and just a part of building our intentional lifestyle and looking at life through a different lens where the choices, the decisions, the things that we do are not random. Although randomness is fun sometimes. There's there's other reasons to stay connected and to just bring these practices in to make a fulfilling and very mindful life. So mm-hmm. I so appreciate, Absolutely. I am so excited that you reached out to me and happy to get to know you so much better. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and I'm excited to learn more about you and, and stay connected as well. Well, I am a full-time RVer, so the chances of me coming through Flagstaff <laughs> are pretty high. <laughs> All right. Well, (laughs) let me know. I sure will. You have a beautiful day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to stay connected, to stay yoked. Join the Sangha by hitting the subscribe button, sharing your favorite intentional tip, joining me for a class on the mat, or better yet, finding me in nature. This yoga off the mat journey is courtesy of Integrated Natural Health where we connect wisdom and wellness through nature. Make someday your now day. May all of our thoughts be divinely inspired. May all of our words be authentic and true. May all of our hearts be touched with love and joy. And may the time that we devote to our practice of compassion bring peace to all beings. Om Shanti. Namaste. Now that we've arrived here, I would not change a thing. Knew that we'd survive here and all the goodness we would bring. Of this I sing. Everybody swimming in sunshine. Everybody feeling fine. Everybody join the front line. Ain't nobody left behind. Everybody swimming in sunshine. Everybody feeling fine. Everybody join the